guys. I'm trying to watch I'm Tiger here. King. You're trying to watch what? Tiger King. I just it's finished pretty that. Good. I just finished that. It's great. It starts kind of slow. Just give it time. I think I've watched uh, three or four of the episodes of Tiger King now. You know, the fact that I think I started watching it because it was so in sync with the whole Lion King thing that I've been tracking and I just it felt like such an amazing bullseye yep. the fact that four episodes in I've completely forgotten about that and I'm just like wow this is crazy lives you all live in yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> how far yeah. are you uh, I just started the second episode when they start talking about the polygamy right yeah, it's not until about the third or fourth episode that shit gets really crazy. Uh oh, uh, it was crazy from like the first thirty seconds. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, beyond the obvious, where where shit gets just really. God, I can hear people whispering on this street, and this is like the main street of Tel Aviv. There is nobody out here. Are you about to, you're you're on the street? No, I'm I'm in my apartment looking at the street. Uh huh. Like, there is zero noise. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. So, hey, Joe, what has changed in a week since we last talked to you? Anything? Mm, not too much. City's more locked down. They issued new orders that if you leave your house, you're going to get fined like a thousand bucks. So people are actually obeying it now. Two weeks ago, everyone was on the beach, like playing volleyball and stuff. Nobody cared. <laughs> I finally saw some news about Israel in particular, and it sounded like this report was saying how potentially the crisis is being used for political gain by the leaders, like shutting things down or just making things a lot more surveillance-y? Yeah, I think that's the general plan. People in Israel don't tend to have the culture of government skepticism, so you don't hear this crazy uproar about they're clamping down on our rights and like you do in America. But I don't know any specifics of who's using what for political gain, but I'm sure everybody is. Well, that, yeah, that, I think that, go, that goes without saying at this point, right? Like, this, is, this has been my point throughout it, is to say, regardless of what, what we can make of the, the virus itself and all these sorts of questions, the response to particularly, well... Not even particularly uh, U.S. response, but pretty much global governments around the world. The response has been, let's utilize this as an excuse to completely grab as much power as we can. And it's, it's absolutely outrageous. Yeah. That's why they're in power to begin with. It's because that's just what they do. <laughs> well, could we expect anything else from them? So I'm trying to add people to this call um, while I'm doing that. Can I just see who else do we got here? 
Um, who's on this call already? If you don't mind giving me a little shout out introduction. Here, Alan. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. uh, SJ and Guillaume. Wally's here. Cool, okay. Hey. Hello. Hello, hello, Guillaume. No, it's JJ, uh, no, I think. It's Jeremy. Oh, fantastic. Okay, cool. I did get you this time. So I'm sorry, oh, man. Okay. Last week, I guess I, I, the, I had you on Skype, but I guess I had an older Skype account that I was calling. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even remember I, I had two accounts, so yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Well, maybe we could do just a, a quick rundown of, um, you know, sort of where everyone is and just a quick update of has, how things have changed where they are. Hello? I know. So if we could, maybe we could start um, with Wally uh, and just kind of go around the globe here. Wally, you're in London. Give me a sense of how things have changed for you. Um, well, we the government went into full lockdown mode officially on this past Monday. So we're six days in. Um, I have not ventured out far beyond my home other than a quick grocery run yesterday. Uh, and um, all the grocery stores in my neighborhood had were enforcing uh, queuing outside of like you had to line up and they were <clears throat> they were letting one family in at a time and everybody was you know separated by two meters or six feet or whatever um and uh a lot more people wearing masks i was wearing a mask i had um and rubber gloves actually um mainly because my wife insisted um the the grocery shopping experience was kind of oddly an odd combination of surreal and relaxing because it was so quiet and so few people. Um, and it was moderately stocked. There were certain things I couldn't find other things I could. Um, and, uh, then just walking around the neighborhood, the, the, you know, once or t once a day or so, there's definitely like just this odd vibe when you encounter other people. There's not a lot of eye contact and people are distancing each other themselves pretty, pretty readily. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a really social person out here in London to begin with. So I don't have a lot of interactions with people other than with maybe my neighbors. Um, and, uh, that's been fine. Um, Boris Johnson, uh, you all have probably heard, uh, has tested positive, which is interesting, and Prince Charles as well, um, and a couple of other high-ranking ministers, and, uh, you know, it's, it's surprising, actually, that not more members of parliament have gotten infected because of just, I don't know if you've ever seen footage of, of a, of a session of parliament, but they're all, like, on, they're all in basically like church pews just sitting next to each other in very close quarters. Um, but, uh, yeah, everything is very much, uh, locked down 
I mean, things are still functioning. There's trans, all of our, all the London transit systems are still functioning, but the ridership is down about 90% I've read. Um, and yeah, it's, and then there's, you know, there's still, uh, occasional stories popping up of people really flouting the, the lockdown and, like certain groups of kids have been faking, il- uh, having il- illnesses and like harassing health workers and they're being like, they're, they're really cracking down on those people, including their parents, which is kind of intense. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's like I said last week, I mean, my day to day life here, I work from home to begin with and don't interact with a lot of people. So my general sense of things hasn't shifted that much, but it is once you really walk around in the more, commercial parts of town where you discover just how how different it is because everything other than grocery stores and pharmacies are closed so and can i ask one question uh, i had seen that people taught the um tracking by cell phones and the fines if you were breaking outside of your your quarantine space or whatever has that officially started yet or not that i know of i hadn't heard about that at least not in the UK. I don't know if that's, maybe that's, I think that's happening. I did, I did see it proposed for England. That's why I, um, I wasn't sure if it had actually passed or not. No, 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 that's not happened. I mean, there's basically just, uh, there's no fine. There's not, it's not like, you know, they're not enforcing things right now. They're just pleading uh, with people to just stop going out unless you absolutely have to. Like we've gotten, we've gotten leaflets in the mail, um, various, you know, when you when you live here, you have to register with like your local council. So it's like we have boroughs in London, similar to uh, New York, and each borough is contacting all of its citizens and uh, saying, you know, stay the fuck home. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's not nearly as as intense as like Italy, <laughs> for example, where mayors where mayors are posting videos screaming to their citizens to get the, you know, to wake the fuck up and stop. stop like going. drone footage, right? <laughs> That's what I saw anyway. Oh, I haven't funny. seen yeah. drone footage, but I've just seen food, like videos made by various, there's like a compilation or like eight or nine different Italian mayors. Like really my wife. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My wife is Italian. So she translated it some for me and they're like totally swearing and yelling at the top of their lungs and just, it's, you know, it's hard not to kind of, say that's a very stereotypical italian kind of behavior but for sure thinking about it actually i think what i saw might have been a joke i think somebody might have taken that and overlaid it on top yeah, of i'm sure drone, drone footage of like kids being harassed by a some drone operator yeah that's yeah. great um so who's next if we travel around the globe heading east is that uh jj or guillaume who's uh who's next coming from london Do you know the answer to that? Let's start with JJ. Uh, JJ, yeah. <laughs> hey, okay. Um, so, yeah, in France, um, yeah, two, two days ago, I think, uh, the Prime Minister announced that uh, we have uh, the lockdown will last uh, two, two more weeks. But I guess uh, he's just announcing, he, he just, uh, he's just announcing that uh, like two weeks by two weeks. You know, because I think it will last m- much longer than that. And um, and uh, 
Yeah, so for the tracking of the phones, it uh, it already started in uh, in France um, because they they have been able to uh, to track uh, the Parisian people that left uh, the capital to to go outside uh, to go in, in um, you know in uh, in other regions of France, and so they they were they were able to to say that uh, they had there were there were one point two million. Parisians that went outside of Paris because of the lockdown, and um, and yeah, what can I say more? Um, to me, it doesn't really change anything because I work from home and uh, I it's, I don't really go out, and so it doesn't really change for me. But uh, yeah, that's I I don't know what to say more now, but uh, yeah. Okay. I've heard Parisians, uh, certain upper class Parisians that have like second homes in smaller towns yeah, in France. Exactly. And they're causing, yeah. and like the, the, the locals in those smaller communities are, are quite upset. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard, you must have heard that as well. Yeah. 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 yeah but but uh, a lot of Parisian people uh, actually don't, are not uh, native from Paris. You know, ah. so, they, they, so it's uh, the student. Um, it's uh, more often the the students that go go back to their um, to their parents' house. You know, I see. it's more comfortable because they have small flats in Paris, and so it's. Uh, I can understand that, but yeah, uh, right. I have friends who who did that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I can understand. But uh, me, I'm in uh, the suburbs of Paris, so I'm in. Uh, I'm not in Paris, so it's more. Um, um, comfortable. I have a flat of that. It's like comfortable, so so it's okay for me. I thought about going to my mom's house in. Um, she's uh, in the center of France, and it's in a small village, and it would it, it would have been more comfortable. But no, I don't know. I, I prefer to stay here. It's uh, it's okay. It's okay. Guillaume, I guess you're next, uh, if you want to step in yeah. here and just kind of give us an update. Huh? So, yeah, since last week, uh, uh, confinement, uh, uh, I'm trying to get used to it. Uh, there's less and less people uh, in the street. Uh, what can I say more? Um, uh, yeah, in France, we, there's this battle uh, all, all the time on TV uh, between... Uh, uh, Professor Raoul and uh, the the governments uh, and scientists uh, fighting against the the claim that uh, the hydro hydroxychloroquine is uh, can can could be used uh, before uh, they make uh, all the, the the tests. So basically, it's there's this lately uh, this fight and uh, still no mask. Uh, still no hydrocolic alcoholic, uh, alcoholic gels uh, in uh, in pharma shops, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of crazy. No, uh, no not enough uh, uh, tests. So yeah, that's uh, that's weird. All the, all those stuff at the same time. Yeah, and you have the the neighbors uh, that are denouncing. Uh, the people that are that are going outside too more, more um, often, you know. So oh, they, really? they, yeah, 
you, you have this this stuff of uh, denunciation that is uh, it's great <laughs> and you have um, the the nurses the some nurses receive um, notes on their on their door from the neighbors saying um, can you leave the apartment because we are afraid to to get the coronavirus and stuff like that you have like maybe four or five uh, nurses that have that have this so yeah so I mean you also uh, receive that that's that, that that's totally crazy yeah, people are yeah mm. <laughs> right yeah so it's like do you do you want to do you, would you rather have someone with the the health knowledge in your near you or are you worried that you're you're bringing it to the building I guess yeah that's I it guess, I guess I get it I guess I get yeah. it but yeah, but you should thank her, thank her for what she's doing, you know, and uh, then you you can be scared, you know, but but you you, you can go uh, at her door, I don't know, call her or something, and and talk to her and have her uh, 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 explain you that uh, she can't give it to you like that, or I I don't know, you you can be scared, of course, but uh, saying like this without your name, you know, uh, please, please can you you go somewhere else, you know, it's uh, it's. Uh, not the good way, I think. No, yeah. that's messed up. Yeah, that's that's clearly a fucked up. The exact opposite uh, that's happening in London. There are like videos circ circulating of people being applauded as they leave work by their neighbors who to go <laughs> to work in healthcare. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, we we do this uh, all all uh, every evening, you know, at eight o'clock. Everybody's uh, uploading at their windows, you know. It's it's yeah, it's, it's growing more and more, you know. It's yep. it's it's really really cool to see this. It is. Yeah, even the Eiffel Tower is uh, lighting uh, at at eight, and uh, they, they 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 write a uh, uh, thank, thank you, you. on the. And the Eiffel Tower too. Yeah. Here, here, here too in, in Lyon we have uh, towers. Uh, we thank you, big thank you. Yeah. yeah. And about the drones, uh, I was listening to. I, I don't know who was talking about that, but uh, there has been places in France where there there were drones uh, shouting to people to to go home also. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it, it exists. Oh. First, it it was in China. I remember when I was seeing this, I was uh, kind of laughing, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been. Uh, Done in France in certain uh, places, yeah. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> uh, if we can, let's move for to uh, Joe. I know you were talking a little bit at the beginning, but if you would uh, uh, step back in here, you're in Tel Aviv, and what were you saying about the thousand uh, dollar fines? Uh, and I guess I want to just follow up. Follow up question is: um, last time we spoke, you said there were very, very few, if not zero cases in Israel, you were talking about how, what a small, small impact it was, but these are really big maneuvers. Have their cases increased at all or anything like that? Yes, yeah, just, I think the same business as everywhere else right now here, people are not going out at all. And there's uh, a lot of people scared in the shops that are staying open. They won't let you come inside. They have like barricades on the entrances and almost all the grocery stores that you can go in, they have a limit for the amount of people that can go in at one time. There are, however, a lot of people breaking it, like going to the beach in the morning or trying to go for runs and that kind of a thing. But every like, 
What do I want? What? Give me one second, babe. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, there's like uh, every few hours a cop or someone with a big uh, siren driving around telling everyone they're going to get fined if they don't get out of the streets. So then everyone kind of uh, disperses and everything's empty again. But I told you guys earlier, I'm on like the main street here, which is usually just bustling with activity. And it's like so quiet, you could hear a mouse. Um, as far as fines go, I heard that people are supposed to be fined a thousand bucks if they're caught out not going to a pharmacy or a grocery store. But I don't know anybody that has um, had to pay it. And a lot of people are genuinely scared, especially old people. The young people here don't really seem to care too much. They're kind of laughing about it, but still adhering to the rules. But they all say that their parents are locked away in their houses and they don't want to go near them, don't want to touch them. And, you know, they're genuinely afraid. And uh, that's about it. Yeah, I think Israel is basically progressing with everybody else. Uh, same rules, same situation, same, um, like... 50% of the people are hysterical and 50% think it's a big joke. And But regardless, everybody's behaving according to the rules. And as far as cases goes, I think I heard a few days ago that there were a few deaths here, but I don't think it's any more than 10. I would be shocked if it was more than 10. And I think the number of cases is pretty limited because they're really strict with entries and quarantines. Every single person that comes into Israel has to be 100% by themselves for two straight weeks. And that's not whether you have symptoms or there's no like conditions. It's just if you come to the country after being abroad, you're two weeks by yourself in your house. And actually cops wearing hazmat suits will come check on you uh, randomly and periodically. I've talked to people that have had this happen to them. So they're pretty strict with it. And I did see videos also of people that were caught leaving quarantine that the government had tracked their cell phones and. Uh, this is just the word that I got from what these videos were. And, you know, these cops basically jumped them in hazmat suits and then arrested them, I think. So people that are in quarantine, even if they're young and not taking the whole situation serious, they are taking that serious. So they know that, you know, the government's not messing around when they say stick to the rules. But other than that, life as usual. SJ, I believe you're up next. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, let me just get off the mute here. Um, so, yeah, I'm in Batumi, Georgia, in the Black Sea. And um, I think, and yeah, I mean, I've been out, haven't been going out too much. One thing is I don't speak Georgian. I speak some broken Russian and, and, and English, and there's not uh, much English speaking here. So I, I don't really know what's going on uh, other than what I can observe. Um, there is a website in English that the government set up that just kind of has been announcing things. And I think last week they went, this country went down in, in the lockdown like everybody else, closed the flights, closed the borders, mandatory quarantines for only citizens. If you're not a citizen, you can't come back. You can't enter. Um, if you are a citizen, you can come back but have to quarantine. Um, I, I see. I think I've been out twice since we talked last. Um, definitely uh, everything's closed. I was out today and there was it was even more quiet than it was last time. Um, the grocery store is open. The one I've been going to uh, is a pretty big one, but it was never that crowded anyway because I think most of the people here shop at little bodegas or like street fruit markets and vegetable markets. Um, the big change they have is making us wear those deli gloves. Like I don't know if you guys uh, remember going into a subway in America, you know, many time in the last 20, 30 years, they, they those kind of loose plastic gloves that the workers have on. 
so we've been putting those on. But I haven't been using any masks. Um, I've got a little a little uh, cash, uh, you know, a, st a stash of them, but I'm saving them for only when it's mandatory. Um, and no one has said anything to me. No one's looked at me strange. It seems like half the people here aren't wearing them, even old people. And and then you, you'll see guys in like medical gloves and kind of larger masks as well. So I think there's this kind of split in the collective psyche that some of you guys were alluding to earlier, which is really fascinating. Um, but uh, yeah, I was walking down on the boardwalk on the Black Sea just to get some exercise. And the last two times I've been out walking near the, there's this, this like long, boardwalk that goes for miles and there's always been people running and families and couples and even you know um, today it was less so but it's hard to um, judge because it's very um, overcast and that can affect things but the last time I was out there was sunshine I'm guessing when there's sunshine there's going to be more people out there um, so the other thing uh, Georgia's only got 94 cases so it has not seen the exponential growth that the rest of the world has which is interesting Georgia is a former Soviet Republic and so I think similar to what we're seeing in Russia where there's not many cases there's not many cases here even though Georgia is politically very much aligned with the EU and the West um, but it seems like just functionally there's a lot of Russian activity here a lot of business a lot of vacation uh, vacationers that come from Russia um, the other other thing I want to mention is that I'm also um, uh, I've left China. I keep an apartment there, and so I'm in touch with people in China. But the big news this week is that China has closed itself off to all foreigners, and that's a huge deal. Or because a lot of people work there, a lot of foreigners work there, and they basically said you can't come back now. They're calling it temporary, but you know even if you have a visa, I have a visa for China. It doesn't matter. Um, before they closed the borders to foreigners, if I were to have gone back, I would have been in an automatic 14-day quarantine. Uh, so anyhow, that's just kind of the quick update. I mean, I won't get into any, we'll save everything else for later. That's just kind of observation on the ground. Oh, wait, one other quick thing. Um, there's a hospital that popped up right in my neighborhood, right as I, my path to the grocery store. Um, I didn't see it today but the because I, I avoided it. But the last time I went out, it's a makeshift hospital in an old building. And I saw nurses outside and older people were walking up to it. It seemed like maybe five or 10 people milling around outside. Um, but I think that's probably a COVID testing hospital or a COVID you know, screening hospital. All right, uh, Zanor, are you there with us? Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, so, who's after Zenor? Who do we got on West Coast USA? Is that Doug? You there? Yeah. yeah, I'm here. yeah. Oh, oh, Zenor's there. Okay. Yeah, I was just just eating some breakfast. I just woke up, so. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Kind of groggy. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, there hasn't been much that's changed in Japan since I last talked to you guys. It, uh, there's, uh, there's been an order by the governor of Tokyo and backed up by the, uh, the federal government to basically have nobody out in the street in Tokyo and uh, Yokohama, uh, like that whole area, the whole sort of Kanto area. Um, and that's because... Uh, since the Olympics have been postponed, <laughs> they're starting to test again. They're finding all these new cases, of course. And, uh, and so then the, the people are getting freaked out about it. And so uh, 
so they told people this weekend not to go out in the streets. And I wasn't up in Tokyo, so I'm not really sure. But it, uh, from what I heard, that was uh, people kept to that. Like they didn't they didn't go out much. But it was nothing mandatory. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen today. There's nothing like there's there's no order uh, to stop people from going to work today. So I'm I'm I, I think everything opens up again today. Um, where I am, uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's no restriction on what we can do. Um, kids play in the park together and you can go hiking or whatever. There's a lot of people in the street because a lot of people are either not working or working at home. But uh, it's kind of still strange here. Like you get the, the feeling that they're going to maybe crack down this week. Um, because cases are uh, increasing a lot, but uh, um, so far it's pretty quiet. You had mentioned uh, last time talking about like, opening the schools back up for your kids and whatnot. Uh, has there been any update on that? Not yet. That should come in this week as well. Um, so they normally all the schools should open uh, first week of April. Uh, so I'm assuming the next couple of days are going to have a, a meeting on that. If if they are planning to shut down Tokyo and this area like Kanagawa, um, yeah, of course the schools won't be open again. But there's 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 been no word on that. Um, a lot of people are anticipating that it's going to happen because the stores there you had these huge um, panic buying sessions at stores all over the place again. You know where. Um, Stores up in Tokyo are just stripped of everything, basically, except like taco sauce or something, you know. Like, a, but uh, basically, it's it's the same kind of business that was going on before. Uh, people are just anticipating that something's going to happen. Like, finally, it it just seems like finally Japan's like faced reality once uh, once the Olympics have been postponed. But it's yeah, it's still a it's still a kind of a strange case here. I just want to ask real quick about the Olympics. So last time we spoke, uh, the idea was the Olympics were like it would be unthinkable to cancel them, all that sort of stuff. They did now. I've read that they say postponed, right? Not canceled. They'll do it in twenty twenty one. Is there anything else that you've heard there, or sort of like general reaction? Uh, is being seen as a really big deal to do that, or is it more um, yeah, yeah, accepted it's a, as a, you know? Um, I think people realize that that it needed to happen, but it, it is a huge deal. Um, uh, like, there's so many, like, it's, it's just, it, it's so tight, the schedules for all the Olympic venues, right? Because they're all, they're, they're used for all kinds of different venues, like concerts and, and, uh, other sporting events and everything else, you know. Um, so to postpone the Olympics, which means like all these different, this huge schedule just pushed into the future indefinitely. Like they said, there's there's no definite timeline now for the Olympics, so nobody knows what's going to happen. Like what, uh, um, like it 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 ends up it ends up putting uh like a, a rock in the gears of of everything that's that's been scheduled you know um and it, of course it's, that's a huge blow to the japanese economy and the 
the pride of, especially the pride of the Abbey government and everything else. Um, but uh, but the people, I think, sort of expected it to happen, you know. Um, so they they say postponement now, but uh, um, it could like they're they're saying up to a year, you know. Um, but because there's no schedule and nobody has any idea how this thing is going to turn out, um, there's a good chance that it, it'll get cancelled. And and then if that happens, it it screws up the entire Olympic cycle worldwide. Like all the for the the Winter Olympics in the next couple years, and then the and then four years later the uh, the the Summer Games. You know, everything gets screwed up if you <laughs> if you interfere with the, uh, the schedule once. Uh, it's really hard to get back on track. Apparently. I'm sorry. I want to ask uh, two more questions. Uh, I just want to get here one second about the Olympics. Uh, did they start uh, the running of the torch at all? Because I kind of remember there was something about a guy who wasn't wanted uh, because he, you know, this whole idea of bringing this torch from space to, it's from place to place. Uh, I remember there was something along those lines of like, oh, that they didn't want this guy there. And maybe that was just a early precaution. I don't know if that had even started. And the other thing is um, knowing obviously Japanese culture doesn't really seem like they would dive into this. I'm just curious if any of the sort of uh, Akira 2020 Olympics sort of quasi-prediction slash meme had bubbled into mainstream culture there to the best of your awareness. Uh, in the last question, no, I, I don't know, but I, I haven't heard about that. I don't, I don't, I've forgotten that myself. So what is that? Like, Oh, uh, in, in the film, um, the J- Tokyo has the Olympics in 2020 and it gets canceled because of this major disaster. Really? I, I didn't know that. I forgot that. I saw that movie ages ago, but that, well, yeah, I'll check that again. Um, but it, as far as the uh, the torch race, the last I heard about that, and this I think it was it was due to happen right before they announced the postponement. But uh, um, they were talking about having the torch race in a car or something like, with no spectators at all. You know, like just just somebody in a car, sort of wheeling or wheeling along the streets or something. And not I think they did that, but I'm not really sure. Like it didn't. Of course, it didn't. It didn't get the the press because everything else was happening. Um, but uh, so either like it was definitely altered from its uh, usual um, way of doing things, you know. For sure. Um, all right. Uh, if we want to keep this going real quick, uh, Doug, I think you're you're up next. There's there's no one in California or anything. Washington State, Oregon. Where, so did I see that? Uh, oh, so Dennis did join, and he's Midwest. Uh, I thought I saw that um, Alex Fulton was here. Is he gone again? Looks like he's gone again. All right. Um, well. Yeah, touch me. So. Uh, something for the international folks to understand about the U.S. response has to do with um, 
so we definitely have like a, a federal response, but really things are happening more locally. So in Boise, you know, since it's an urban area, our mayor or uh, yeah, she, she definitely shut the city down a lot quicker than some of the more suburban areas. And then I think Rachel Maddow was making fun of our governor, you know, last week sometime. And then he finally shut the state down for the most part. Um, but it turns out that in Idaho, basically every business is an essential business. And so it's pretty lax here. You know, like one of the reporters said, is a liquor store an essential business? And he's like, well, you know, it's a grocery store of a kind. But there was still a run on liquor stores that day, of course. <laughs> and the lines were hilarious because, you know, they're like six feet apart going out the door, you know, way down the street at the liquor store. Um, in terms of testing in Idaho, pretty much you have to have severe symptoms to get a test for the most part is what I'm hearing. Um, we have about 200, 200 plus cases in the state and we now have a handful of deaths. And so, so it's, it's, you know, we're in the serious phase. My kids definitely, the schools are making preparations to take things online this next week. So spring break would have ended Today would have been actually Tree Fort Sunday, um, which is interesting to think about. So, and that was one of the, you know, the first agonizing things that happened was, you know, before the city shut down, they, they shut Tree Fort down because the whole idea of having, I mean, of course, South by Southwest shut down before and also Coachella shut down also. So um, it's postponed for people that are interested until September. And so, you know, that'll be a fall Tree Fort. Um, and then in terms of my daily life, uh, you know, like, like you guys know, I work in a grocery store and so we had a lot of panic buying and we're super busy. And then, um, that day the governor said that, you know, for the most part, you know, the state of Idaho needs to shut down and behave more like Boise has been behaving for a week and a half or so. Um, uh, we got a rush that day, but we're, you know, we, we do a, a senior hour in the morning. And we see a lot of folks then, kind of a little rush, and they're all wearing masks and, and like, um, gloves, like you guys were noting. And then it's just a ghost town, and then somewhere afternoon we'll get another little rush. And so I, I kind of think what's happening is the chain stores have moved to, like, order online curbside pickup. And so it seems like people are innovating how you can minimize your contact. Um, that's also something interesting for the longest time in this country the cdc was saying that you you wear a mask if you're sick to contain that sickness but everyone else really doesn't need to wear masks but it seems like that might be changing and now they're saying that it's it's actually safer if you cover your face with something you know just as a an extra precaution um but i don't know if people realize the difference between like these n95 like PPE masks that the healthcare workers need and like a surgical mask, which, you know, apparently just keeps the doctor's spit in his, in his face and, and a bandana. Um, but so employees that I work with, you know, it's hard to maintain social distancing in a small space. So our life for, in a lot of ways is, is the exact same as it's been. Um, but I think it's going to become more and more like whether or not they're going to let limit the number of people in the store or if we're going to start wearing masks and that kind of stuff it'll really it'll be another interesting week 
and then of course my wife is tearing apart the house because you know there's space and time and so she just painted the kitchen and we're moving refrigerators around and vacuuming mold so i don't know it's like a weird staycation uh dennis koch are you there where are you at these days then it's gonna say i'm sorry new west name is pronounced cook isn't it i always do that hey sorry sorry hey guys um can you hear me yes Loud totally clear, dennis can anybody hear me oh maybe i didn't unmute properly we all hear oh. you dennis hear oh. You. oh okay sorry yeah well, I certainly can relate to some of what Doug said. Um, uh, one of my jobs is working at a Trader Joe's, so we went through a lot of the similar uh, experiences that Doug described. Um, Dennis, would you remind me what where are you living? I'm in Iowa City, Iowa. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, I think very similar uh, array of uh, things that uh, Doug, a Midwestern, uh, the response has been, uh, you know, it's a couple weeks behind the Northwest, things that the Northwest is. So people are like slowly going through these stages of realization. And, uh, um, you know, I don't really think that we realize the scope of it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm on a three week leave from Trader Joe's just because I just don't, I don't, I don't think some of the responses are that are, I just, I don't know. We were still assessing the, the risk and I just, you know, we're, we're not, we're employees weren't allowed to wear masks or anything or gloves at certain points. And I just, they, they said, Hey, anybody who feels uncomfortable can take this as an option. They basically not to get too involved. I know everybody has their own uh, situations. So, uh, but like it, they people would get full paid leave if they got sick, but like, I don't really think that's like a good I don't know. I really don't know if that's something that I would want to sit around and wait for, um, given what I think this is and the severity of it. So, so I'm, I'm at home. Um, but my, one of my other jobs is growing microgreens indoors and I've been doing that for about a year. So I'm continuing that business and, uh, and I do, um, quite a, a ton out of a large basement area. So, uh, so you said, you know, I, just to say, I would like to hear uh, a little bit more about the, the policy. You said, hey, this is, they're offering you paid leave if you get sick. Yeah, uh, yeah. As you yeah. said, that's not, if you have a $34,000 medical bill. Yeah, no yeah, that's my wife was like, why would you, I mean, even the, the cost of paying for, for, if you get sick, why would you want that? Like, I don't know. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Alan. Um, what about out did, there in the world? Are people having stores that, like, that's the thing I'm curious about, that it's just a matter of time before, like, an employee of a grocery store is test positive? Yeah, and, and people it, have already here. I mean, yeah. At, at employee, your Trader Joe's? Or not at mine, does, but other other grocery stores in town. And does it shut down for, like, a few days to sanitize yeah. the whole store? Or is that's it what they did with and one no of one them, will supposedly. Go? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I don't know, Doug. I, I, I mean, I supposedly they closed down one, uh, what's called a high V, um, and uh, and cleaned it and then reopened it. Are you guys doing like a curbside pickup order online thing? Well, Trader or... Joe's doesn't do that, so uh, they're they're. Well, they're... Oh, but sure. other ones are. Other ones are. Uh, high V's are. They do a delivery service. Yeah. Can we? Uh, I guess we'll move. Uh, Bill, Bill, are you there? You're you're in Chicago, I'm sure. Chi Town, baby. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, so I'm a teacher. Uh, so um, considering what my two previous uh, career paths were, I was a bartender for years. I would have been totally fucked there. Uh, and I had a nursing license, but something in the back of my head said I it wasn't the right move. I don't know why. And I'd be on the front lines of this thing getting my ass kicked right now. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, it, I hate to say it on a selfish level, uh, with what I've been going through at this stage of my career as a teacher, this is, like, insane. This is great for me. Uh, as far as the atmosphere in Chicago, I think people are pretty calm. I'm amazed. You know the volatility of Chicago is global, right? Chirac, all the shootings. But crime has gone down. Uh, I think the people are responding fairly well. Uh, people have responded well to our new mayor, mayor Lori Lightfoot, um, African-American, uh, lesbian woman, um, taking charge. We have a new governor, Pritzker, who's a billionaire, but who's been there every day um, giving us the reports. Um, as far as I can tell, the vibe in Chicago in this area is pretty calm right now um i've talked to some nurses who work in the area um they're just getting their asses kicked um obviously when you're getting your asses kicked and then the person who's helping you kick ass gets sick that really drains your ability to continue to fight and i really feel like in the next seven days if they lose five to ten percent more of their forces it's gonna really re reach a critical phase and that's when it's going to start to get very real uh tentatively my high school is closed to the eighth um but we're expecting the whole uh thing to be shut down for a year that's really all i got okay uh Sh shut down for a year you're saying I think you said before the year, right? The, the school year is over? Uh, it shut down um, till June, right? Till the end of the, oh, the next right. school year. Okay. So students will just be continue to do e-learning. Luckily, our high school gave all of our students uh, laptops. Uh, so I'm connected to my students uh, through all the various different methods. Uh, I'm using technology and programs that I used last semester so they have experience with it. And I'm personally, like to me, in the educational front, uh, it's the beginning of um, like everything that I see where we need to take it. This is like, like I said, on a selfish level, uh, this is a golden opportunity. Like everything that I see and want to plan um, with utilizing technology, moving towards a year long, uh, year long learning program in schools, but yet you only show up nine months physically, you know, 
uh, because they have smartphones, because of the technology, they should be doing educational stuff all year round, but they don't have to necessarily be in the classroom. So if you've ever heard of a flipped classroom where teachers will take their curriculum strictly online and the students are responsible for that part of their homework at home and then they come in and they get their help. I'm seeing, I think we're going to flip the whole educational system. I mean, that's what it's pointing to. So, like I said, from a personal level, I see really amazing things going forward for the educational system. Um, all right, I guess I'll jump, uh, I think it's Jordan and I here on the East Coast. Uh, I don't have too much to say, so I guess I'll just say it real quick. Um, uh, to this today actually marks two weeks since uh, I've been unemployed. Uh, Bill, you mentioned if you were a bartender, you'd be fucked. Well, I've been working as a bartender. I'm fucked. Um, but uh, what I'm very pleased about is so the last day that I worked, which was two weeks ago, Saturday, was there was supposed to be a every year they do this huge uh saint patrick's day like multi-block party you know just drunken revelry in this they cordon off a few block area and all the bars get their teeth kicked in for 15 hours that day and that's that's you know a, a huge boom uh but it's also a ton of people right so as that was coming up they made the decision to cancel that event uh, and yet there was still a pretty big, we were open that day. That was the last day we were open and it was still pretty damn busy. Uh, and it was that day where it was just so, so busy at the bar and there was just so many people coming through that building. And I thought, well, this is. If I'm going to get it, this is like when I'm getting it, right? Um, I tried washing my hands as often as possible, whatever. And I'm like, well, this is just so many fucking people, you know, where I'm I'm touching their glasses, where their mouths are. I'm touching, you know, their, their money. I'm touching everything, right? So uh, anyway, to say that it's been two weeks since then, I have to admit a big sigh of relief on my part of, well, I know that I didn't get it that day. Um, and as, you know, maybe that's a small, small thing, but for me, that was a definitely the riskiest, the, the last day of like super risky activity, I guess, for myself. So I didn't realize I was making that mental note in the back of my mind. But last night I realized like, oh, it's been two weeks. And I was like, that's, that was a, a surprising comfort to me to sort of in the back of my mind, I realized, oh shit, all right, I guess I've, I've cleared that. Uh, time frame or whatever. Um, just to say, uh, Doug, you mentioned something about cleaning the stores and whatnot. They did have where uh, okay, they've kept our liquor stores open, but they had some uh, cashier's roommate got it. So they closed that store down to clean it for a few days and all that sort of stuff. I believe it's been reopened since then, but that those sort of situations exist, right? Um, which is weird because do the coworker, if we assume, <laughs> like the, the logic there doesn't really make sense. We clean the store, but if the per other coworkers already caught it, uh, anyway. Well, if we had testing, uh, like we could know that right. answer. So, like if you right. could test the whole, I mean, of course, if we trust the test, uh, 
false positives, whatever, but like you could test sure, the whole sure. store and say, hey, you know, we're clean, the whole store is clean, but it, it really seems like tests are not available for that kind of thing. But what, like, uh, so there was a thing in The Guardian I saw where they just kind of laid Trump's response to this bear and they were comparing the US and Korea's, I think it was Korea's response and how um, we just kind of let it linger in the US, whereas Korea really clamped down and started testing and, and tracking and doing all these things so they could get a handle on where it was and then contain it. Did anyone else sure. see that? Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's been a common comparison. I think I've seen that in a number of places. Um, but as uh, Guillaume's writing here, yeah, right, the, the tests are, he's writing 70% accurate. Um, I mean, we've, we've heard all sorts of weird numbers and the, the false positive seems to be a, a really big issue. Um, but as you say, at least at least it's, it's, some, it's some sort of metric that you can at least have an educated guess on, right? Um, we don't even have that. Uh, uh, before we go too far off track, I do want to check in with Jordan Barty. He is in New York, and maybe we'll kind of finish our, our wrap around the globe here. Jordan, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, so I'm in Bro Brooklyn, and uh, shit's very, very bad here. Uh, the latest news is that the rate of mortality increase is slow. So uh, it seems that uh, the social distancing measures put in place have been curbing that exponential action a bit. Uh, but of course, it's still skyrocketing up every day. I think yesterday, 222 died. Um, and we're very far away from the apex, which is probably two to three weeks out still. Uh, so, uh, Cuomo just extended the uh, uh, quarantine period through April 15th. Uh, I, it seems to be that this is a bit of a, of a trend around the country of kind of extending this quarantine in little steps like this. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all unfolds in the United States. I, I don't think the well, I don't know. There are issues all over the globe, of course, but it seems to me that American culture is, is particularly poorly poised to deal with uh, this particular aspect of it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I've been self-quarantining for about a week and a half, uh, and I, I probably had the virus. I'm just starting to feel better. It was a strange collection of symptoms, uh, not very awful, relatively mild on the whole. It was clear my immune system was really freaking out. I had like, my gums got really swollen and I had like uh, hives on my face in weird places and etc. It, it was a weird trip. Uh, did you have the fever though? Did you have the I fever? did, yeah. I had quite a bad fever, yeah. I had the fever, but no, um, no respiratory symptoms for me. It seems my brother was hit with a similar, similar feature, or, uh, uh, symptom set, excuse me, feature set. 
<laughs> I guess it's a feature set in a way. Um, Where did your brother live? Of course, you know. Well, well, my brother. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I've I've heard that um, one of the things that happens is that you start feeling better, and then once you start yeah. feeling better, then you go the other direction, and that's when it might creep into your lungs. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I've been, you know, it's been a couple days of feeling basically on the mend. So my fingers are crossed that there isn't going to be this terrible uh, second dive. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's you know, it's a new virus. It's it's hitting everybody in, in different ways, un unpredictable ways. Um, Alan, to ask, answer your question, my, my brother is a travel so he and his wife live out of a van, and uh, they were in California and just got out of the state before the, the lockdown, um, and then immediately both got sick. I think it, it hit uh, uh, my sister-in-law worse, um, but they're, they, they're both fully recovered from whatever it is they, they had. Uh, I guess the other thing is, of course, maybe I just had a flu. Uh, I just moved to New York uh, six months ago, and I've been getting weird flu things basically every couple months here. It's a whole new, you know, whole new set of uh, 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 micro microbial nasties I'm being exposed to. So it's hard to say uh, without easy easy testing, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say about it other than you know just be repeating sort of news articles and stuff. Uh, the situation in New York is pretty, being pretty broadcasted. Hey, Jordan, uh, this yeah. is Dennis Cook. Um, uh, Hi, Dennis. Sister, hey, nice to hear your voice. Um, uh, hey, I my sister is in Brooklyn as well, and uh, she works for the UN, and she said that her block alone has over 600 confirmed cases. Yeah, it's really, I mean, we're right in the yeah, the she's center yeah. of the of the American crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The comparisons to nine eleven are really flowing now. Um, I read what was it? Um, I think there's now more emergency um, vehicle activity, something like that, than there was on nine eleven. Where is this article? Um, some other thing talking about how it's the worst intelligence failure in U.S. history. The Guardian just put that up. That that used to be nine nine eleven. Is it here? I can't find find it now. But uh, no, here it is. Yeah, ambulances in New York City are now as busy as on September eleventh. And also, in in about a week, if the if the total projections hold, there'll be more Americans dying from Corona every day then died on 9-11. These are just, I think, incredible uh, figures. We're caught, I, I think, in the middle of a reality shift, uh, just as profound as that event. Uh, I'm pretty concerned about the second and third order effects of this thing, uh, beyond even just the economy, but I, I mean kind of psychologically. You've got to understand that people's family members are going to start dying soon. Wow. While people are in isolation, they're going to be trapped in these little boxes while it's going on. Uh, that's going to have really lasting effects, I think, on the culture.
unfortunately, we're, we're really just getting started with this here in the States. So. Anyway, sorry, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the doomiest attitude about it probably uh, as a, a Brooklynite. <laughs> well, if I, if I may, I mean, you, you wanted, you moved to New York because, partially because of your 9-11 obsession and now you're yes, going to get a so taste strange. of... I know. Uh, I was just know, thinking sort of about that today. Exactly. I've been roaming around the city for five months, like meeting people. And when they asked me, you know, why did you move to New York? Um, the answer was always, well, I, I came here because my research and synchronicity connected with 9-11 and I felt compelled to, to come here. Uh, and yeah, and now this, uh, it's tr truly, truly bizarre. Uh, and you know, b bizarre in that in that uh, sort of d dark side of the magical question way, you know, raises all these old questions to me about the inherent, uh, or not the inherent, but let's say the possible dangers of synchronicity and so on. Uh, for dealing with something precognitive in some way, the purpose purpose of that is to warn of disasters, maybe. <laughs> uh, so the question of whether to follow these things or avoid them, you know, that's all very heightened for me at the moment. On the other hand, it seems my immune system kicked this, so maybe there's some uh, other reason I'm here, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to have such a front row seat to this, though, whatever it ends up, uh, however we end up relating to it. So, all right, I, I guess I'll jump in here to jump off that and let's open this back up to everybody now that we've, we've completed our, our, our lap here. Um, you know, many of us have spent years talking about 9-11 from this synchro-mystic perspective, whether that's the media that predicted it, all these sorts of things we're going to see now. We're already seeing, uh, Jordan, you released a... A video about uh, the, the new Tool album predicting coronavirus. Um, I've seen all the. I don't know. There's this. Is it a video game with the like Wuhan raccoon center uh, disease center? Um, Guillaume's writing here, right? The Asterix comic um, uh, Tangled. Uh, David Play just made a video about uh, the Disney film Tangled, where she lives in the in quarantine inside the kingdom of Corona. Um, all these sorts of, you know, things will start popping up in similar ways. But uh, here's a question. And maybe, uh, Joe, if you're with us, maybe you could be the first to answer this question. In your Back to the Future Predicts 9-11, you focused the latter third, let's say, of your video on the old Jake Katza idea of the 9-11 Stargate. And basically the idea is if everybody focuses their awareness and intention on this sort of quantum wave potential and collapses the reality into this very specific thing, we, we notice this really weird psychic ramifications of everyone looking at one event all at the same time. And previously, it was focused on New York, and it, that sort of that's everyone looked in that direction. But now everyone's sort of looking in this in the, the exact same topic. There only really is one topic right now, seemingly 
uh, and and even with all the, the government uh, lockdowns around it and and whatever, we are on one subject, one awareness. What are the potential implications for if 9-11 did that when we didn't even have the internet, what are the ramifications of this as a Stargate moment of whatever we want to call this? It's definitely a moment of transformation. I'm just, I don't want to put any words in your mouth. What, what do you see as the potential for a, a repeat of something along those lines? Yeah, I think there is a thread where there's a similar effect. And for me, it's about discrediting the media that's carrying the message that's supposed to scare us into submission. And it instead has the opposite effect, which is a mass awakening. Uh, I saw this interesting meme picture today that just said humanity is on the brink of the greatest awakening in history. And it seems like people who are studying this kind of stuff have something like that to say every like five years or so or about every event. And I was just thinking, well, yeah, that's true. It's because every new event that is like the biggest event is now going to be the biggest mass awakening in history because of the technological capabilities to reach everybody and to create that, you know, global meditation. So, yeah, this event will be the biggest awakening, just like 9-11 was before it and, you know, the event before that. And there will be a new event after this that will be the biggest awakening. And whatever the numbers are for this one, I think will dwarf 9-11s. So, you know, 20 million people go watch Zeitgeist as a result of 9-11 and as a result of Corona. Maybe there's 100 million people watching conspiracy videos on the Internet. And to me, that's you know, not just about the trivial matters of, of being entertained by conspiracies, but it's like you guys know, it's just about opening your mind and realizing that the people that and things that feed you information are, if they're not deliberately lying to you, they're just not qualified to, to give you the whole story and that it's kind of your own personal responsibility to go out and investigate and discover your own um, ability to, to discern and, and to make choices and, and to take responsibility for what, what you say is true. So, to me, um, I've already seen a lot of, you know, you know, to me, it's like it hasn't been that people in the mainstream are tapping into the conspiracy that there's should be skepticism around Corona. It's just like that's already kind of assumed, which I thought was interesting how fast that like took up that took shape, because I know that in the wake of 9-11, it took a lot of, you know, truthers and conspiracy theorists having to you know, pound people over the head saying, guys, this is different than, than what you've been told. But with Corona, it's like almost immediately I had this total polarized uh, group of people telling me that this is not at all what the media says it is. And then there was a lot of people that were following the mainstream narrative. And I just thought that was cool how quickly that took effect. And it was just evident to me that the culture of skepticism is really, really growing. And I just can't imagine, you know, just like we know, you can't go backwards once you become a skeptic. Um, it doesn't mean that you, you believe all the things you're skeptical of. It doesn't mean that you never take the mainstream narrative to heart and you just say that it's all bullshit. It just means that you're skeptical. And the fact that so many people are instantly skeptical of the Corona story to me is just evidence of how far we've come since 9-11. And I would imagine that in the next big event after Corona, it's going to be 75% of people instead of 50%. And I think that that's healthy. 
And uh, to me, the the funny thing about it is how it backfires. If this was a premeditated uh, plan by the global elite to, you know, further consolidate their power and enslave everybody, it's like just like 9-11, it just backfires on them and it just serves to wake everybody up instead. And so in some sick, twisted way, it's like these events are almost good for us. Um, they just help us realize our own power. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I see it relating to 9-11 a little bit. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but but that's what I got. Hey, real yeah, quick. Definitely. Yeah, um, just... As far as this moment, like bringing it back to 9-11 and and recognizing how that was such a profound moment that set the stage and pretty much why we're all talking right now. Um, it does seem like the death of the television where it was a one-way informational um, source. And with the internet, you have real-time fact-checking and you have a two-way informational source. And I just find that I think any president that would be going through this crisis right now on television uh, would... Well, let me backtrack. Any president going through this crisis right now with the internet around them would have the most impossible time because at a certain level, you do have to hide certain truths from the masses, right? Like that's part of, like parents hide information from their children all the time. And, and you wouldn't criticize a parent with certain things that they do hold from them. And I think the fact that we haven't seen the riots and the looting as quickly as they've seen in other areas um, are the fact that we knew Trump was a moron going into this, so we're not angry when we find out he's lying. Um, and there's something twisted about that that makes sense. Uh, if Hillary Clinton was in the office right now and she had been uh, caught in a lie, all the people who had voted for Trump, would it would, be, it would have been over by now. So, uh, yeah, this Internet thing... It, it is the global network. It's everything that was in the science fiction movies come to life, and I just find it rather beautiful in a way. Yeah, not to monopolize this, but I just want to note that when we talk about uh, the, the two-way relationship between us and the media and uh, the global powers that be and the mass awakening, I like to bring it down to earth uh, sometimes for myself and think of it in terms of um, a healthier relationship and that that's really all that I need to think of it as um, with regard to information and truth and interacting with these global events where we're trying to get information and get a grasp on the real story is just that technology is allowing me to have a healthier relationship with everybody in the world and healthy relationships start, they really, they begin and end with telling the truth and um, just like you guys know in your own personal relationships in your own homes, a lot of times people are caught not in lies, but in misunderstandings. And it's not a case that people are trying to deceive you, but just that there's a lack of information for whatever twisted reason. It seems like there's always some new way that channels of communications, communication have been broken and you get twisted information. And um, I just kind of see that happening on, on a global scale. It's like we're all kind of living together now. Well, we always have been, but you know, now we have a sense of it. We're all living together now and we just need to find better ways to get information. And like you just said, it's a, it's a two-way street now, whereas before it was one way with the, with the television. And it's just like, yeah, we, we have better relationships with each other now. And um, it's making for a better world. And um, as we unfold with these global events that we all focus on, we are all kind of j just like um, just like blockchain technology. We're all kind of 
writing our own version of what happened in that course of events, just like in the blockchain, there each you know person has their own sort of script for what's happening, and then they all have to sort of fact check with each other to find out what was the actual transaction that took place. It's like with these global events that we're mass meditating on, every single person is kind of clocking in and trying to give their version of what's happening. And we're all fact checking with each other. And the fact that it's happening on such a massive scale is sort of reorienting, reorienting, reorienting the way that we interpret and interact with truth. And it's like, all that's doing is changing our relationship in, into a better relationship with each other. And um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we are a lot less fearful of each other when we see each other in, in meat space, for lack of a better term. We went uh, walking around, you know, just walking in the neighborhood the day and night. I've lived here for just about a year now, and uh, I noticed how quick everyone either, like if someone was, you know, out front of their house or someone else walking past, how quick people were to, like, wave and say hello, uh, which has never happened before, um, is, is interesting. But I... So, you know, I do, I was in New York on 9-11 and I have a, uh, an experience where it was like, there was a very short window of that, <laughs> um, that didn't, that, that sensation of neighborliness didn't last, uh, because I think partially because of some of the more, uh, obtrusive political fear mongering, right? So if you, you make, and with 9-11, it was your neighbor could actually be a terrorist. Uh, you know, we don't know who the terrorist is. It could be, it could, you know, they could be among you or whatever. Uh, I think with coronavirus, there's a similar idea of we don't know who has it, right? So there is a, it's like, hey, I want, I'm, t I'm realizing I took for granted the community around me. And so we're saying, hi, nice to see you in a, and a longing for a nostalgia for a, something we took for granted, but from a present tense, we're still like, but keep the fuck away from me. Um, <laughs> so there's something really interesting there. We're socially distant, but uh, but our hearts are, are more attracted uh, to it to the other. Um, yeah, who's 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 up next? I'd like to jump in here. Um... Yeah, I think that, you know, it's interesting what you guys have been saying. I'm a little less optimistic about the awakening, I think, with coronavirus. And um, the problem, as I see it, is that um, it's it's become something that's internalized. And that's one of the big differences between this event and the 9-11 event. I mean, in 9-11, it was external. It was the biggest building in the country and most symbolic building in the country. There was a sense that they couldn't do that again just because there wasn't really many other targets. Um, and there was a sense that the enemy is someone from outside, even outside the borders, you know, and it was a small train team. I mean, there, there's only one Al-Qaeda. There wasn't like a proliferation of Al-Qaeda's even. Um, it was identified and it was contained, I mean, on that day. And so, you know, the threat sort of died in a way with the event itself. Um, and so, you know, the paranoia that was uh, in the that was left in the wake of the 9-11 event was either paranoia about other terrorist attacks, which seemed like they would be statistically anomalous, uh, you know, uh, very unlikely, or it was paranoia about the government surveilling you. 
um, which people didn't really care or didn't really feel if I'm, if I'm not doing anything wrong, it doesn't apply to me. So I feel like the paranoia was very, um, it was present, but it wasn't the sense like with coronavirus that the paranoia is ever present, ongoing, all day, and it arises in your own mind about do I have coronavirus? And, and this is the most insidious kind of thing about it in my estimation is that the, the symptoms are literally everything. I mean, I've seen all kinds of symptoms. Listen, we talked a little bit about this on the last call, but this kind of mind virus component of this event where I might have the virus, it might kill me, it might kill people I love. It's everywhere. It's unseen. There's no escape. And so it's a weird inversion because the solution to this paranoia, this corona paranoia, is actually the government agents at the door are the rescue agents. You know, people are cheering the government. And, and, and currently, I mean, this is obviously unfolding, but that the surveillance is the answer. And people are actually, in a, you know, really uh, encouraging this kind of surveillance state as the answer because it's it's a it's a a rescue from this internal state of paranoia. And so that that kind of shift to me is the real big difference here. And obviously the timeline think like you said, Al, I mean, this thing is gonna go on, I think for maybe the rest of our lives, we're gonna have a biometric checking of, do I have the threat in my body? And it's just, yeah, it's, so it's, it's mind blowing kind of the levels of, of how uh, severe that is and how important that is uh, in terms of like an ontology and like a selfhood. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think, uh, actually, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's early days on this, but a handful of the coronavirus precog things I'm looking at, including fear inoculum, seem to pre-associate the virus with, with just these kinds of ideas about information, uh, connectivity, and uh, fear inoculum in particular, that song already metaphorizes it as a as a fear contagion. I mean, it's right there in the in the title. It's kind of a metaphor about panic spreading through a society in the same way that a disease would spread through a society already right there in the song. But then also like the cover image to that record is is a spiral made out of a bunch of eyes woven together in a mesh which implies something about consciousness and, and exponential curves, which I think is really fascinating, obviously, because ex exponential growth is everywhere at the moment. <laughs> it's the exponential growth of the, the viral uh, cells in your body that spreads exponentially. But then the virus is also spreading exponentially through the social body. Uh, and the, the fear effects are spreading exponentially because they're, they're quite self-reinforcing, right? We saw that with the, the early panic buying stuff. Uh, it's like people went in and panic bought toilet paper first, and then people saw that toilet paper was gone. So then it was like, we better stock up on, then there were empty shelves and people were like, well, now there's no food. I better stock up on guns and ammunition. Uh, it, it escalates that quickly, you know? Um, all of that stuff is kind of, it's there already in, in tools, Corona <laughs> vision. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just to, and real quick, I want to add two quick things is that it, this idea of mass hysteria, I think has to be um, wrestled with in this, in this situation. 
And I was thinking recently about Orson Welles, you know, War of the Worlds. I mean, he was able to get people to, I think, kill themselves out of that fear. And we're dealing with a technological infrastructure that's so much more advanced than the Wells uh, that w than what Wells had in in many ways. And so I think. And then the second point I wanted to throw in is these idea of uh, his uh, pregnancies that women cause through their minds, uh, where they have physical symptoms as, as a result of just kind of a mental obsession. And I'm not saying that's widespread or everybody has that power, but I think the mass hysteria combined with that ability for the body to kind of emulate what it's hearing on repeat has to be, you know, uh, considered when we're talking about this. And I'm not even, I mean, I, setting aside all other questions about, about every science and everything, I mean, I'm not even necessarily trying to go there, but I think these two points have to be included in those discussions. Yeah, I was just thinking the, uh, the sort of flip side to that, like it, it's a, it's an, a really good point to say that uh, it's affecting everybody personally. Like it's not, um, Unlike 9-11, uh, you don't have the distance, right? 9-11 was an event that you're watching, and this is an event that we're participating in. But at the same time, because we're participating in it, we, we have a certain amount of power over it, right? Um, which we didn't with 9-11. Uh, with so that's um, potentially a positive uh, side of this. It's it's interesting, yeah. Just um, again, just like sort of like different different perspectives on it. Um, so here's something I distinctly remember: a friend and I. I did a lot of traveling after nine eleven. It was sort of um, again, it was like this wake up of, of what you take for granted and whatnot. And uh, I remember. In October, I mean, I, I went, uh, I flew out west, I uh, went on a road trip up through New England and all this sort of stuff. And what was always really interesting to me was seeing all the, like, never forget 9-11 and the sort of weird patriotism and all this sort of stuff, which, while I don't necessarily agree with that as the knee-jerk reaction, of, I think you guys know me well enough, it is still, um, it's a form of, proxy participation right um it was really interesting to see how around the country as not only the the political expediency utilized 9-11 as a sort of taking ownership of it um you know for example you have your your average republican on a normal day has nothing nice to say about New York and New Yorkers, right? Oh, that's a fucking liberal cis, you know, cesspool and sanctuary city and, you know, fuck those people and all that sort of stuff. And then 9-11 happens. It's like, they attacked our country, you know? Um, taking ownership of this thing in a really weird sort of way. Man, maybe it was as a New Yorker, I had a, I had a sort of particular view of it, but I remember seeing this really strange, like, people taking ownership of this, of this event, and sort of wanting, I think, craving a participation in the experience. Uh, I, I, Jordan, I sort of used your example of saying, like, be careful what you wish for. It's sort of like, 
now when I hear Zanora, you're talking about this idea of we're no longer a witness, now we're participating. It's that same sort of idea. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, sorry. I, that's it's nothing. That's not, not a clear thought, but I, I it's that's pulling up some interesting uh, memories for me. Yeah. The yeah. One of the big differences is is that uh, um, I think Jordan was talking about that. Like, even even your own uh, immune system is helping to to fight this off, right? If it if it if you're able to, right? You can you have you have the ability to sort of boost your own immune system. So the battles right inside of your body, you know, your own your own body. Whereas before. Uh, with 9-11, um, Alan, you're saying that uh, people were wanting this sort of proxy participation. Um, and it's more like uh, we are members of this uh, nation who are being attacked from the outside. But um, with this, it's not you're not identifying so much with the nation state. You're identifying... Uh, with people that you know all over the place, all over the world, really, who are who are in the same circumstance, right? Um, so I think you have this, you have way less um, national identification or any other sort of identification, but it it it's it's it puts us into this individual level. We're connected to other individuals, which is what what we're doing right now, really. Alan, I just want to note on your getting what you wish for. How I always thought that the slogan "Never forget" for nine eleven was interesting because I study a lot of auto suggestion and uh, its power to manifest um, based on feeding your subconscious messages. And to me, the, the slogan "Never forget" is, is the exact opposite of what you want to tell your subconscious when you're trying to manifest something like if you wanted to not forget something you would say for example remember september 11th and to me the two words never forget i think sub totally subconsciously obviously indicate an actual desire for the opposite a desire to forget so putting forget in it is just a message oh, interesting. forget I and never also it's like it never happened, like never, 9-11, just these two profoundly negative statements, never and forget to make those the slogan for this event. It's basically like everybody's saying, we would love to forget this. And if they're not saying it, then the slogan itself influences the mind to forget it. Uh, it really should be always remember. It shouldn't be never forget. Well, uh, if I may real quick, I... I don't mean to take this in a purely political direction, but to say I, uh, I always thought the Bush administration's use of propaganda was particularly heavy-handed. Um, so, uh, again, the the idea of you know the the, the particularly in the two thousands, early two thousands. What is the Republican Party is making this shift toward the if you look like historically, how did Bush, quote unquote, win in 2000? And somebody would say that's because of election fraud. Obviously, 
that's a plays a big role in it. But uh, the official story is by partnering with these evangelical Christians and all this sort of stuff. So again, it was this move towards um, smaller town. You know, it was just like we're good, good old country boys and all this sort of shit, right? But then again, taking this weird ownership, this proxy ownership of New York, the Republican Party held their 2004 convention in New York City, right? There's like always like these different cities will vie for who gets to hold the convention that year. And they held the Republican 2004 Republican convention in New York City, which was this really weird flex because it's bringing all these shitbags that hate us to our city. uh, And it was this was the city that was on lockdown because we were afraid of terrorists. Then you put all these like powerful people here and suddenly there was machine guns everywhere. And it was this idea we have to protect the Republicans in our city. It was so bizarre, this really weird, like militaristic flex. Um, And I always thought the never forget. I mean, what is, what is the classic idiom, right? An elephant never forgets. And I, I, I just, I, I've, I've always associated the 9/11 never forget with some weird uh, Republican sloganing. Uh, an elephant never forgets. Never forget 9/11. You, you want to align yourself with these, these policies, these um, personalities, or things like that. And I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I've thought that for years and years and years. Well, a nine and. 211s is a little bit like a pictograph of an elephant, like with its the head of the, the circle of the nine and then its trunk. Totally, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Wow. Right, let's get some other voices in here. I feel like um, I feel like I'm dominating this. I want to I want to try and keep some order here, but um, what's who haven't we heard from in a while? Uh, Wally, I know this is getting hey. late later for you. I would yeah. like to get some time in before you got to go. Sure, sure. Um, well, I was, what Zanor was saying about, um, how this being something that is, as far as the part of the, the aspect of this, that's participation directly and so personally in the body. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately just about all of the conditions that are, are, you know, rolling out for pretty much everyone around the world are ideal for kind of abandoning your the aspects of your life that that are directly related to you know being freely mobile and and there's this fear that you know your body is going to become infected and so we're all trapped inside and we're all online we're on you know i'm making tons of these types of conference calls lately um as is my wife and it just seems like this is a the conditions that are that are being set are perfect for like some massive transition social transition into a virtual realm and it ju- i i just have this sense that there is <laughs> that there that that's the you know the emergence that that is going to happen because we're it's it's a perfect kind of set of conditions to to uh, to metaphorically abandon your body and and expand your your consciousness and your your community online we're we're so equipped for that now we're like perfectly equipped and we we've we've acclimated ourselves 
for the last 10 years in, with social media to a, of an entirely virtual existence. And it's like, if there were ever a time where they would want to ease us into plugging ourselves into the matrix, this is it. Um, the only thing to add to that is that uh, just the thing with um, boosting your immune system, right? If you're, if you're, and this is, this has been my problem um, these days, just being online all the time, inside online all the time, and my system wears down, you know, I'm not getting enough sleep, totally. I don't, don't yeah. eat right, you know, like I'm still, still attached to the body, and, and if this thing is going to catch me, um, it's going to be when my, uh, when my immune system is, is, is not functioning like it should be, you know, so, um, so I think it's, it, we, we still have to go back to the body, we still have to go back to our own our own uh systems you know we're not we're not to the point yet where we can disembody ourselves completely you know um but but i totally agree with you that that it's just facilitating all these like connections all over the place like that's that's yeah that's, that's another what i'm doing too forward. you know it's like a, um but it it i don't know it, it could be it could be a, a sense of a of a greater body emerging you know right uh, or a virtual one at least they're like the baby steps towards that. Well, I, I don't know if it's completely virtual. It's it's like uh, it, it's consciousness being connected, but uh, still even more physical than than before because we're so right. much more aware of of having to have a stronger immune system, right. which means getting getting enough sleep, getting good exercise, eating good food. You know, um, keeping the stress down. Um, it's just like. Uh, um, so it, it comes back to what, what SJ was saying um, in the, the last conversation about like uh, um, if, this is, if this is a mind virus in, in, in a big sense you know it's like there, there's the actual virus maybe but uh, um, there's the mind virus too it's like uh, we're able to uh, we're able to combat that you know we, if we get together and like this idea that we talked about, like forming some sort of ritual or something. Um, that's a way to combat that, you know. And <clears throat> if we're able to combat that, um, not only does it combat the fear, but it also it also reduces stress. It helps us sleep better, and and so we we end up fighting the physical virus as well, you know. So it's I I think it's really important, you know, uh, what we're sort of intending on doing. Um, so I don't I don't know if we're going to talk about that today. But I, I kind of hope we we would, but um, just just to see what you guys think about that. Uh, I do completely agree, agree. That's what I was saying uh, last week. You know, it's like uh, it's a time where people are taking care about uh, what they eat, uh, taking care about uh, calling the people they they didn't call for a long time. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much things that that that, that are being done. Um, like uh, just before, we had so many divisions everywhere, you know, all the time, and now uh, we are all grouped in the in the same shit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the the Stargate stuff and the transformation is uh, really real for me. Yeah, me too. Like just just what we were saying before about uh, nine eleven. Just to reiterate that, it's like uh, 
Yeah, it's no longer we are part of a nation that's being attacked from the outside. It's like uh, the attack is from within. So it's not, um, I, I don't feel any more identified with the nation that I live in, which is Japan, or my, uh, my own nation. I definitely don't feel more uh, comfortable with the governments or the government response. You know, it's like uh, I, uh, I, I feel more and more connected with the with the people I, I care about. You know, it's like I want to want to make sure that they're doing well and uh, and trying to inform them and trying to uh, like have them inform me. You know, um, I think this is what it's it's coming more and more into. Yeah, right. And also, many people are coming back to to, to creation to art because they have time because they are they are at home. You know, they are doing the stuff that they couldn't have done uh, before because uh, you were always uh, uh, in the uh, in the run in the rush all the time because of our our societies you know yeah that's exactly like that's the thing like getting us all together like this you know it's a perfect opportunity to try to come up with some group art you know like some some totally new creation like uh, um in terms of media, like in terms of people connecting like this around the world at the same time, like that's that's only like a decade or so old, you know. Uh, but but then this this entire situation is so unprecedented too. It's like the 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 art that can come out of this is like it's unimaginable. You know, we, we put put our heads together and create together. It's like who who knows what'll happen. And uh, that's that's the primary way to fight this thing, you know. Whatever it is, like even this this can even bring in people who are who deny the virus completely. You know, it's like uh, okay, you deny the virus. Let's not argue about it one way or the other. But it's let's let's uh, let's all agree that there's some some big thing happening at the moment. You know that we've that we do have the freedom at the moment to deal with. You know, like to to try to deal with at least. Well, very loosely related to that is I've actually been for the first time able to appreciate the city that I'm living in and it feels, I'm looking at it right now and it's dead silent and it feels like I'm on a movie set and I'm for the first time able to look at the city as a collection of architectural pieces of art and landscapes, pieces of art and It feels like something that I can finally pause and appreciate it. I don't want to sound corny, like, you know, like uh, it's how beautiful it is and all this, but I'm just seeing it so radically different now that there's no people walking around. It no longer seems like just um, a functional structure for us to get our daily tasks done. But now that there's no people and no daily tasks being executed, I can really like look at the city and all these the amazing things that have been done here over the last hundred years to put this thing together and how beautiful all of it is um yeah. i can't really put it in words beyond that except without people it's much more i guess i can just savor it more and that's all here's yeah, something I mean, that, interesting so like the last couple nights when i step outside it seems like the stars are like really clear like the moon last night and it must be venus just so bright i'm it could be all in my head but is anyone else noticing that 
Oh, it might relate to air pollution too. being down. That's what I, I was think air, thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet it is. That's really pretty wild. Would, I've, I've been noticing that I haven't seen any uh, so-called chemtrails for <laughs> the longest time, you know. I, I don't know if anybody else has noticed that. But. Sure. Yeah. I saw some two, two days ago. You did, yeah. Also, also like did you, Otherwise, it was weird. Did you hear also about the, the animals uh, coming back to the cities? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, was anybody like, else hearing about that? And oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was seeing that uh, ducks are coming back to Paris and stuff like that. I thought well, the whole like dolphins, dolphins, it was, that was all lies, though. We're in Venice? Yeah, there was a whole thing that circulated saying that dolphins had entered the, the city of Venice. It was, it was widely shared and then reported it to be not true. Um, yeah, there was also what? this proof article that was obviously totally just for entertainment that Putin had released like 100 lions in the streets of Russia to keep people from breaking through. <laughs> but with all the animals, I've heard uh, like half a dozen animal stories like this and it kept me thinking about 12 monkeys and how in their like pandemic uh, virus caused apocalypse it was um, blamed on the animal rights activists and how they wanted to release all the animals back into the city and that when he went back up into the, the ruins of civilization after they were living underground all the wild animals had, had reclaimed the land and I'm not going anywhere with that. About, about monkeys, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the video where the monkeys are not being fed because the people are inside, and so they were going berserk in the streets. And I've seen something here. There's a lot of dogs in my city. There's, there's like community dogs everywhere. And I've been hearing, hearing them howl at night. And the first couple of uh, days of this, I was going out, and they seemed a little panicked, and they were running around. And so, you know, these dogs that have been dependent, on uh, on humans are, are I guess SOL you know um, one other thing I wanted to say here this this idea of slogans I just wanted to go back to this because it's really interesting I'm noticing that these two big slogans that have emerged during, in Corona it's they're similar kind of there's these oxymorons or Aurelian doublespeak or I don't know how you want what, what you want to call it but it's very uh, you know, right uh, right for unpacking social distancing and alone together seem to be kind of the themes here and like the rallying cry of, of how to defeat this you know is and to me it's like there's a destabilizing quality to this because it they, they don't there's tension in, in each of those phrases with the two words and it's almost like the logical mind would say what what what, what do you and you know but then the emotional part of it is there's this sense of um, like we're we're solving the problem by embracing it and so i think this dissonance cognitive dissonance that that's dissonance i think is the terminology you know and, and i think um the other part of this is like um, uh, we're inside, right? But there's still a community out there. There's still a city. There's still the countryside. There's still all these places where we were, where we would have been, but for this virus. And like, what's happening out there? And you're hearing rumors, uh, and I don't know how true any of this is, but that there's like changes that are being installed while we're inside. You know, like maybe 5G is being installed or whatever the rumors are. And I think that's an interesting part of this. Like, we are making new connections in our homes and that's all productive and new and amazing but there's this whole thing that's still there and it's like 
it doesn't go away because we don't see it. And are we ever going to go back to it? And what's it going to be like? And it's just so there's a sense of an unknown that's really different than 9-11. This unknown about what was familiar, you know. Yeah, I want to add to that. So the term social distancing, it really just means be antisocial. I mean, there's no such thing as social distancing. It's, it's saying get away from other people as your new method to be social, but that means antisocial behavior. And I've just been thinking that everything that's happening with the streets being empty and us having to social distance or be antisocial, is this anything different than what all of us have actually been praying for ever since we got hooked on social media and have injected at least 50 to 75% of our lives into the internet? It's like, this is just a manifestation of what we've all secretly wanted but haven't like had the balls to say, I'm going to go on the grid. It's like so trendy to say like, I got to go off the grid. I got to get out of here. But it's like, we all actually want the opposite and we're kind of praying for it to happen secretly. And it's like, as a, as a global community, our secret desire to just go in our houses and be antisocial and live through our avatars on our phones and computers. It's like, everybody's so willing to do this and some people want to blame it on our willingness to listen to authorities and be subjugated, but it's like, nah, we actually just want to be antisocial. Like we love the idea of social distancing and we've been praying for some excuse for it to happen. And we manifested this entire response to this outbreak, uh, as just a, a means to get there. I, just to say for myself, this is, um, so I, I I was in a very I felt like I had reached a really good balance for myself. So um, I was doing, and this was the slower months for me. Uh, you know, between January and February, I was only working four days a week, and I would do so basically, you know, when uh, yeah Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'd be working as a bartender and I'd be surrounded by people and that was my time to be socially active and, you know, be on essentially. And then I'd have three days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, where I turned that off and I didn't leave my house and I could be with myself and with my partner. And uh, it was this really nice balance. And I have to say, I, I do miss... Um, the the in the flesh experience of being around people i do miss that after uh after two weeks um but i that even that being said i i generally agree with your idea of like we all want we i think what it comes down to we all want the it should be optional right no one wants to like oh god i have to go to work oh god i have to go do this thing we like not just convenience but we like alone time we like nesting um and it's it's convenient and comfortable but uh i i just want to throw us a, a small not exactly disagreement but uh i'm i miss i really enjoyed the balance that i had found and i especially since i only found it fairly recently uh anyway i just wanted to th throw that in there as a Alternative perspective.
Yeah, to piggyback on what Joe said, it had been a, a circulating meme uh, from art pe- art world people that like they had been practicing social distancing for a long time, spending all of this time in your studio by yourself, and uh, um, and and similarly to what Alan just said, I had really enjoyed uh, this new job working in a grocery store and getting to interact face to face with people all the time. Like I really was getting a lot out of that to like have that interaction with other people and um uh yeah i'm worried about that connectivity physical connectivity um changing in a really bad way into not being around people as much or even not getting to see your family members um for fear of infecting them like that's nuts um so i don't know Yeah, I'm just throwing out runaway thoughts here, not really going anywhere with them. But again, I'm standing on my balcony staring at this city and thinking about the work that went into this. And for the first time, I'm like looking at all this ingenuity and labor that went into this over like a century and thinking of it the way that you think of an obsolete technology in your life that you know a lot of work went into. And you're like, what a shame. Like, what a shame. So much work went into... um, like developing the fax machine and it's suddenly made obsolete and a million, 10 million of them are manufactured and suddenly made totally obsolete by new technology. And I'm just thinking like, as far as ways of life go, if something like this social distancing becomes a way of life, I'm just looking at the city, like all the non-essential jobs and all of even the roads, just all of it. I'm like, what a waste, like what all this work, and it's become obsolete because there's a new paradigm, a new way of life where we're living inside. And like, what was all this for? Like, I'm looking at these roads are empty. Like even the cars, like we don't need any of this. Like even these traffic lights, even the buildings and, and the size of the houses. Again, I'm not saying I'm just, you know, having thoughts here. Just like, it's funny to yeah. think of it in terms of that. Like this is such a staple of our understanding of how humans exist, but to think of it in terms of like, what a waste, like what a waste. It's all obsolete now. I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty different. I want to, I want to come back in here on this idea of uh, plugging in. Um, and I, I really, one of the, I guess maybe fear, I don't know if that's the right word, but one of the changes it feels like we're on the cusp on is where, um, Plugging in is not optional anymore, and I and I think that that's something we're going to see basically go by the wayside, um, and you know so there's going to be a nostalgia, increasing nostalgia for not for choosing to not have your cell phone or your implant if it goes if it comes to that. I, last summer, let's see, summer 2018, I spent it on a farm in Belarus, and I turned my my phone off, didn't have a phone for a month, and. Um, I think that I'm not going to be able to do that again in my life, maybe, you know, because of the kind of digital check-ins and the checks that are going to be required to operate in the system, you know. And so, you know, my sense, and, and I don't know how far that's going to go. I'm reading official stories and they seem to be pretty sure that we're going to have to basically carry around these kind of checkpoints on us, these checking devices on us at all times. But I, I wanted to just say that, like, um, as we get into this for the two week period, one thing I think is also a silver lining is that I'm seeing it already on social media, people saying things like, I'm gonna have the biggest dinner party ever when this is over. 
um, and I imagine that we're going to have a newfound appreciation for the the touch and the interaction that we took Definitely. for granted. Yeah, and, and, that's and, a good. And I, point sj and, and guillaume too who just said that as well yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean it's very different i mean i was teaching students uh face to face for the last year and it's just it really you, i mean you're really getting in a zone and like a, a you know all of the subtleties of the interaction and you know you really do lose so much when when that becomes screen-based you know and so um, my hope is that it's not going to be eviscerated permanently in our lives and that we'll still have access to, to this old style, even if we're having to have a checkpoint. Maybe we can turn it off or tinfoil, wrap it up in, in tinfoil and put it to the side or, you know, these, you know, so this is what would be interesting. How much of that can we keep and will we get to keep, you know, um, through the, like government regulation? Yeah, I think it, as soon as they ease it up just a bit, there's going to be an explosion like you. you I, you, you guys have probably seen those videos that have come out of Hubei province in uh, in China where they they stopped the lockdown and, and then just thousands of people just uh, hit the bridges where the cops were uh, were trying to stop them from going into different parts of China and they're just like overturning cop cars and like... Uh, that was so nuts to see, yeah. Basically rioting. It, it's just like you have so many people under lockdown for such a long time. It's a, that's, the, uh, that's the reaction to it, you know. You're not going to keep... You're not going to keep people down for for that long, you know. They can do this temporarily, but uh, like we're still physical, we're still social, we still we still need face to face um, communication with other people, you know. It's like we, yeah, we still need, like you said, uh, share the sense of touch, you know. It's so so important, you know. You don't get that <laughs> with the online experience, you know. The return of the king, tactility. Tactility, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think I, it, it's definitely going to happen as soon as as soon as there's a let up at all with this, you know, it's just going to be bang, you know, like either I don't think it has to be in a violent way or even a uh, like a, an angry way. It could be like it just celebratory. It's just people out <laughs> dancing, you know, like a, those pictures of in Manhattan when the war ended, World War II, and the, the famous kiss, you know, these parades. And, I mean, I'm hoping that we capture that energy uh, more than anything. I'm thinking about the bar scene. Wow. I mean, going out to those bars, people are going to be just hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirsty. God, I hope so. God, I hope so. It's going to be like Blackout 2020 or whenever that happens. I'm just going to oh, beware. But you, you got to know all these people getting quarantined together. There's, gonna, there's, a, there's a baby boom on its way too, you know? Like it, people, oh, are yeah, being, exactly. people are being physical, you know? It's not, it's, not, it's not like we've escaped our bodies, you know? <laughs> but if this lasts long enough, I think that there's going to be a certain chunk of the population that's going to become addicted to the new plugged in lifestyle where they they've lived long enough where only like the bare essentials of physical sustenance are all they deal with outside or in the physical realm. And then they spend the rest of their time online. And, you know, at the same time that you're going to see a burst of physicality, you're going to see uh, a whole new segment that is just really dug in, burrowed in to the new plugged in lifestyle. But that's the thing that's I, that's where it depends on us, you know. It, it depends on how we we adapt and relate to this new 
new plugged-in lifestyle or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's how much it's how creative we want to be with it. You know, if it lasts long enough, though, for for the average person, I think you're going to see uh, just a bunch of converts. You know, just because they'll get addicted to it, whether or not they are happier or not, it's just it's just a matter of lasting long enough. I'm I'm just saying like it's a, it's a matter of how we uh, how we react to it. Do we do we take it passively or or do we? Uh, is there a new burst of creativity as well? You know, it's like uh, we're we're the activism that we saw on the streets last year just gets fully, it, not even fully like on the streets as well, but on online also. And we, and there's a new kind of uh, take back of the of the uh, the cyber commons. You know, it's like a. Um, I I uh I can see that happening and I I I I see signs of it everywhere you know um but uh but this well, is something I this is something I think we can do we've got a big enough group here and a creative enough group here to to get something like that started you know um or at least do it for for ourselves Absolutely Well we might find on a global scale that this dramatic restriction in activity is so much more productive of a way to manage uh, rhythms with regard to productivity and, um, and hope and exuberance that this actually becomes something that like, it's good for humanity to take a pause, take a time out because we, we come back with such a renewed vigor for, yeah, for life totally. and, we're, and we're now celebrating it instead of living it. And it's like, now we're out in the streets for 12 months freed from our like, four months of constriction and now we're 10 times more productive than we ever were in the past. And it might, you know, in your own personal life, usually that's the best thing for you is to take a little break and you come back stronger. With that, that, uh, talk you had with, with David Allen about Jubilee and that's, <laughs> that it's basically what this is or it could be, you know, it's like there hasn't been a, a, a total debt relief, but there's a, uh, there's a relief in, in terms of, uh, um, not having not having to work, um, seeing your family, having time to consider things, you know. Um, but hopefully, th- there is a there is the possibility that there will be a, uh, or, or we could at least force uh, a kind of real, real style jubilee of of debt relief. People are calling for that, like uh, rent rent relief and. Uh, um, Etc. You know, like mor- mortgage relief. Oh, yeah. So this is a really interesting uh, direction we've gone in because I, so I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think uh, as as an artist who loves to be holed up and and focused on something at first, I sort of thought, like, well, this could be really nice. I could have all this time to work on my artwork. It's, it's what I you know, it's what I during a normal work life. It's like, man, I just wish I could be fucking home working right now. I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just uh, you know, I wish I could be home working on this video right now. Or I wish I whatever. Um, or or again, this idea of like realizing we need each other. And uh, so the, what we've taken for granted, there's I feel like there's an emotional maturity that comes from this. There's so many positives Um they're really, I, I, I totally see where you're all going. And even seeing people online that don't normally, wouldn't, I don't think would normally be as sympathetic to some of the political um, 
activism, uh, I guess I should call it. Um, I think people are realizing how bad it really is. And I think there's a real big chance for all of the positive things we're talking about. Uh, I would throw in a word of caution, however, that the scumbag bottom feeding vultures amongst us are racing to grab power in this and it almost demands that we we get our shit together quickly and are very loud like i i don't understand that everybody's fucking home and basically just like killing time like oh how many episodes of tiger king can i watch today uh, which I wish is fun, and I, I don't mean to trash that in particular, just to say, if everyone's fucking bored, if all the normal muggles that are out there are bored and just watching TV and don't know what to do, I mean, the, all the people always say, I, I wish I, you know, I don't have time to call my senator, I don't have time to sign this petition or, or be active in any way. Now you have the time, and I think more than ever... There is a sort of um, need for being vocal, need to be um, active in the ways that we can. Uh, and granted, we're, we're, we're limited in a lot of ways, but as you say, we're, we have some really amazing opportunities. We're smart enough and adaptive enough that we'll come up with something. Um, but there's a, I do want to throw some sort of caution into this of saying, I think our window and with with which to act is a smallish one based on the rate of legislative changes that are being shoved down our throats at the moment. Does that? No, I, I totally agree with that, but let's, uh, so that's the thing. Let's act, you know, let's act like we've already got some ideas, um, to do something like, uh, this date that, uh, SJ chose on uh, yeah on April the eleventh, and maybe SJ you can talk about that more. But and then uh, and then even this uh, also you had an idea about the uh, the Orphic hymn for Asclepius. So if we can, I I think this is a good uh, perfect time to sort of plan something, you know, like to, to to try to get something going right now, you know, instead of just like the discussion is amazing too, but we can. The thing, the thing is about this is that this object is like this. This situation that we're all in is so, uh, so fascinating and changing all the time. We're just getting dumped on at an exponential rate that we can keep talking about it forever, you know. Um, but I, I, I totally agree with you, Alan. We should, we should get going with it as soon as possible, you know, if we're going to do something. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, is that a is that a good point to start? Like, uh, maybe like SJ, if you want to introduce the uh, what you're thinking about, 